Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Uh, this is a different Sunday for us if you're new with us. Um, we normally are in the middle of a series. In fact, one of, our, one of our dream team members asked me this morning, Hey, Pastor, what series are we in today? Are we finishing up the Christmas series? And I was like, we're not in a series at all. We're just in a standalone. We, I, I hardly ever do any standalone messages. And so, uh, but we're going to kick off a new series I'm super pumped about next week um, called The 99. And uh, I, I think it's just going to be a really good, good series for, for us and I'm very excited about it. But today we're just going to look at the idea of the new creation and what it means to be living actively as a new creation. Because we are at that time of the year, you know, we've got all of the, the, the feasting of the Christmas stuff behind us. The year is wrapping up. We're about to step into a new year. We've got all the advertisements flooding every screen we look at, our social media is flooded with it, our TVs are flooded with it, with all of the stuff to have a new and better you in the next year. And so for those of us who've been around the sun a few times, um, we, we know that th- this is part of the process, this is part of the cycle. And at some point we can either begin to get frustrated by this, or we can go, you know what, this is my year, mm, I'm going to nail it this year. And we should be reflecting honestly as children of God of what God wants to do in our lives, not so much about what we want to do in our lives. And if we'll let God do the work, so that's what we're going to look at. So if you've got your Bible app open, you got your, that version app open, you got your bulletin, we are going to look at this idea that in Christ we are, we are new creations. We are new creations. That is what we are in Christ. And man, it, it, that idea is just a, 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 a mind melt. And it's just it's like, oh my goodness, what does this really mean to be a new creation, to, to be a, truly alive? Because the scriptures tell us that we were dead in our transpa- transgressions, but in Christ we are, we're alive. We're, we're new creations. And so many times we're so used to living with death and destruction, we don't quite know how to handle the life part. We're used to the, to the, to the destruction and to the disappointment and, and the brokenness that death brings. And so one of my favorite stories to, to tell about this is um, a story from when I was um, about 10 years old. And so I'd gone to um, Andrews. Me and my sisters had gone to Andrews, Texas to spend a weekend with my dad's mom, with my gran. And so we go to my gran's house and my parents are going to be able to get a kidless weekend, which um, those are amazing. And so um, so we, they were going to get a kidless, a kidless weekend and dropped us off in Andrews. They were uh, left and went back to Odessa. And so while we were there in Andrews, if you've been around the church, um, I have shared with you that I, I'm not athletic. Um, but at 10 years old, I hadn't really fully discovered how unathletic I was. And so, and I have periodically have just these moments uh, of just insanity where I feel like I could do something athletic. And my, my brain lies to my body and it just it never works out well. 
And so this was one of those moments. And uh, we had my, my young cousin, her name's Summer, who was also there at my grandmother's house. My grandmother had this pecan tree in her backyard. And I loved climbing trees as a kid. I climbed them all the time. And so I climbed up this pecan tree, get up in the pecan tree. And my, my little cousin's there. She's about <clears throat> four years old. And, and so I'm telling her, I said, Summer, watch me do this trick. So I'm, you know, the 10-year-old up in the tree, and she's watching me do the trick. So I decide, for whatever reason, I've never done a handstand before in my life. And I decide I'm going to do a handstand in a tree. Makes no sense, except for the fact that I had limbs I could use to kind of prop my feet up and kind of work my way up. So I had these little cheaters built, and it just wasn't like on an open floor. So I pick a limb, and I grab the limb, and I work my feet up in the branches, and I'm doing a handstand in a tree. Um, the problem was, is the tree limb that I picked um, was a dead limb. And so as I'm doing a handstand, the tree limb breaks right there at the trunk, and I just Superman straight down into the ground with this tree limb and break my wrist and my four-year-old cousin thinks it's all part of the trick and goes, yay! And so she's cheering me on as I'm writhing in pain on the ground. And it was, it was, you know, my parents had just got home. When they get the telephone call, they have to turn around and come back to the hospital. And I'm actually had to have surgery to have it fixed. And so it was one of those things that here I was, I was, I was trying to live life based on an, a foundation that was dead. And every time we try to go back to the old dead system, we're going to end up with brokenness and, and, and heartbreak and pain every time we do that. That is why we as new believers have to understand that our new creation is our new reality, that there is life to be able to live. But guess what? Deuteronomy 30.19 says, it's, it's in front of us, life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. And every day with every decision, we're either going to make a spirit-led life decision or we're going to make a death decision that's led by our own carnal desires and all of that other mess. And so going into this new year, we've got to have an awareness that God wants to, us to build on his life, not the old death. And we will end up in pain every time. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. This is why we say, oh, if you've been around our church for a while, you hear us, me pray, said, I believe that your death covers my death. This is, this is what it says, that Jesus, his death, one died for all. That, that is dealt with. The wages of sin is death. Guess what? Jesus' death paid that. It's done. It's dealt with. And we believe it. One died for all. And he, <clears throat> and he died for all. And those who live no longer should live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So now his life becomes our life. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we no longer do. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. 
That is what this is about. It's about not trying to make things presentable on the outside. That all religion tries to take some sort of religious practice, prayer, good deeds, all of these different things, and try to just make everything look good from the outside. But life changes us from the inside out. And that is what this is about. It's not about trying to just prop up an old broken way of life. It's about living a new life. We, uh, as a family, we got to go to, to Disney World for the second time this past summer, which was a blast. And we had a great time. But our first time to go to Disney was back when, in 2008 when our family was traveling in a, in a motor home. And, and um, if you've not heard that story, next time we go through a newcomer's class, um, come and you'll hear about our family living for a year in a motorhome and traveling around and visiting churches and doing all that. So it was an amazing year. And in 2008, we did that before we started Celebration Church. And we found ourselves in Florida, so we went to Disney. And so while we're there at Disney, we've, at that time, we, we just had five kids. And so in, instead of seven that we do today. And uh, so we just had the big five then. And uh, we're at Epcot where we have five kids. When we're in Epcot and we go through and they have, they're having this little game show in one of the little places there in Epcot. Well, we have five kids. And it's not a huge theater where they're needing to pick four kids to be a part of this little game show. What ends up, it's all Clarks on the stage. And so they pick two Clarks to be on this team and two Clarks to be on this other team. And so... Um, that we have Weston and Brooklyn on one team and Lulu and Carson on another team. And it's thing that it's de demonstrating Velcro. So the whole hook and loop system. And so they either have the, the cheesy game show host and he's talking them through. And our, our kids get up there and all they have to do is they've got so many seconds to build this Velcro tower out of these blocks. These Velcro blocks. And so um, we've got the, the, oldest, the older two um, versus a younger two. And so they start building. Well, Carson is, uh, had just turned five years old. And so he's building like a five-year-old. He takes every Velcro thing and sticks it to the block that was the base. And he's sticking them on the side, and he's sticking them on the top, and he's sticking them, but everything's attached to the base. And so Weston, who's a little older, so he's pushing nine years old at that time. He, man, he's going to build a tower. So he starts building. He just starts stacking them one on top of another on top of another, and he's going to build this, this big old tower. When he tells the whistle goes and says, okay, you're done, and the one whose tower remains, you are the winner. So here's Carson's little block, and Lulu, little block of stuff. Can't leave Lulu out. And so, and everything attached to the foundation. And we have Weston who is sitting there with all of his stack. And you, he calls time out. And you see Weston's just standing up next to his creation. <laughs> Little nine-year-old Weston. He's just sitting there. And the guy's like, um, you're going to have to step away from it. And Weston's kind of like. And so he's like, no, you have to step away. So Weston steps away from it, and it just all falls over. And then they play the wonk, wonk, wonk music. And so, and then the winner goes to the five-year-old who everything was attached to the foundation. Everything. It didn't look as flashy. 
It didn't look as tall. It didn't look as amazing. But guess what? Everything stayed because it stayed connected to the foundation. The other one looked a little flashier, but it was propped up by self. And as soon as he quit propping it up, it all fell apart. And most of us end up building a life that we prop up under our own strength. And pretty soon we end up being one of those that Jesus calls out to. And he says, send me all you who are weary and heavy laden. Because we've built something that isn't on Christ. And we're having to hold it up ourselves. And we can't walk away and we can't look away. And we can't back off for a second or the whole thing's going to fall at our feet. And we end up weary and heavy laden. If we will live in the new creation, we will not live lives that are weary and heavy laden. We have to just keep bringing it back to the foundation. Every decision, everything we do has to come back to, to that. See, real transformation comes from being a new creation, not a cleaned up old creation. It's being new, not a cleaned up, spit shined old creation. It's about being a new creation. That is what this is about. This time of the year, there's been a, a centuries-old expression used called turning a new leaf. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. And, and for a long time, I thought that was some weird you know, expression about a tree leaf. Like, go in the yard. I'm going to turn over. What does this have to do with that? And so finally, I, you know, I... I looked, it's like, well, what, what in the world does turning over a new leaf actually mean? And well, of course, it, it goes back, it's centuries old, and books, the, the pages used to, what were called leaves, and, and so they would, each page was called a leaf. And so the expression was, had to do with a book, that you were turning over a new leaf. I'm just going to either start a new chapter, or I'm turning to a blank page. I'm going to start fresh, and I'm going to start writing, and, and that was what it means. But for those of us who have a biblical perspective, the old little kid version of it I had in my mind of an actual leaf, um, that actually describes in a better way what we tend to do. See, the garden, in the garden back in creation at the fall, see, Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. They can li live naked and unashamed, not simply because it was just the two of them and they were married. Should have been, that should have been fine all by itself. Um, but because their minds knew only good. And there was, no, there was no understanding of an unholy, improper use of the naked human form. So there was no shame connected with it. But the scriptures tell us that as soon as they ate of that and, and sin and the knowledge of good and evil flooded their mind. And all of a sudden they were aware of an unholy use of the naked human form, all of a sudden they were immediately embarrassed. They were embarrassed. They didn't, have, they didn't do anything inappropriately, but their minds were flooded with good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. They'd only had the knowledge of good before. And all of a sudden then they began to be embarrassed. And it says the very first thing that they did was they went and found these fig leaves and they made garments for themselves. Immediately there was this shame. There was something that they looked at themselves and they didn't like. There was this shame and they immediately began to put on a leaf. And so many times at this time of the year we 
begin to look towards a new year and we see some place in our life that we're a little bit ashamed of. We don't like our physical bodies. They covered their physical bodies. Folks, we've been trying to compensate for our physical bodies ever since sin came into the world. This is not something new. This is not because of Instagram being in front of everybody and everybody's perfect image stuff. No. It's been, this has been around as long as humans have been around. It gets exacerbated because of social media, but it's, we, we've been doing this forever. And so what we as believers need to make sure we don't do is that we don't all of a sudden go back to our basic instinct that Adam and Eve have of going over and grabbing a leaf. And at this time of the year, it can be really, really tempting for us to just go get a new leaf. I'm just going to go get a new leaf. This didn't work in 2019. I'm going to go do this. This didn't work this last time. I'm, I'm going to go and do this. And real life change is not about us trying harder and all of that self-effort stuff. It is about letting God work in our lives. It is about saying, God, I am yours. Not my will, but yours be done. And so as pastor, I'm asking you over the next couple of days, instead of making your list of everything you want to see changed, I want you to just simply go into the new year asking this question. God, what's your will for me? God, what's your will? What do you want to see different? What, are, what is your plan to come in and to rework in my life? And just let him lead and guide you. Let him lead and guide. All of a sudden, you'll begin to see real, genuine life change. Galatians 6.15 says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. And if you're not used to, to scriptures, this, this sounds funny. Okay? You're like, that, that's, that's weird. It's not circumcision or uncircumcision. It's a new creation. Whether this, is, this is speaking people who have understanding of the Hebrew culture. And this, this idea of circumcision means that you were born into an understanding of the law and a relationship with God and what was right and what was not right. That you were raised in this idea with these laws and these rules and these regulations. That's circumcision. Our uncircumcision is being outside of that. Being clueless, just kind of going your own way, stumbling along, not having this relationship with God. And he's saying it's not about whether you were born into this and know everything to do just right, or you're just kind of clueless and you're not under the law at all. He says not, that doesn't matter at all. What matters is the new creation. That is what matters. That is where the life is. It matters is the new creation. He said earlier to the Galatians, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It says, the life I now live is in Christ. Christ lives in me. That's why we also say, not only does his death cover our death, but his life now is my life. It is, a, it is every time we say that prayer at the end, it is an understanding that we are a new creation. He did the work. We're the ones that that life flows through, and it makes benefit. See, being a new creation is not about following a list of rules, but about God's power 
living in us. That is what this is about. One of the things that um, Cutie and I have enjoyed doing over the years, a lot of y'all have, uh, is watching the Rose Parade. Um, January 1st um, will be the, I believe it's 130th, 131st uh, Rose Parade. It was started on January 1 in 1890. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. And you watch these amazing floats that are made out of all of these organic matter. And, you know, the host will be telling you, yes, this is made with rose petals. And this is the sort of seed that's a little on this. And, and they're, just, they're just amazing. And these floats are just kind of putting along. And they're always sponsored by somebody. And it's this, this, this uh, you know, some sort of uh, somebody getting advertising out there where years and years ago and one of the earliest runnings of the Rose Parade, there was one of these amazing floats, and it was putting down the, down the street there in Pasadena, and it's going along down the street, and then all of a sudden, it, it putters and dies, blocking the whole parade. The whole parade is stuck. All the little bands that sit there and raised all their money, sold all their chocolate to be able to go down there, but they're just stuck. All the other floats stuck. Everything is stuck. The whole flow is stuck. This one float, this one float has run out of gas in the middle of the whole thing. And nothing can get going until they go find a can of gas, get up in there to where it is, give it some gas and get it going. You know what is ironic? Is that this float was sponsored by Standard Oil Company. <laughs> so here's Standard Oil. Had access to all the oil reserves around, and its float is stuck. It's run out of gas. Folks, so many times that is a picture of us. That we have access. The scriptures tell us there that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. That so many times it's not because we don't have access to something. It's because we haven't accessed it. It's not because it's not there for us. It's because we have not grabbed a hold of it. That it's already been provided for. In this new year, it's not about doing something fresh. It's about receiving what's already been done. It's about living in the accomplished, fully completed work of Jesus Christ. That is what embracing this new year, this new decade is 100%, is 100% about. Hebrews 7.18 says, The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. This is the, the unknown writer of Hebrews writing to Hebrew people. Hebrew believers, and said that the law was weak and useless. It didn't make anybody perfect. Why do we go back to it? Why? Why do we go back to it over and over and over again? God says what he wants to do is he wants to write, write that on our hearts. Not have it chiseled in stone and us go and look at it and say, yep, I can do that. No, he wants it alive on the inside of us. So that begins to be a natural flow of who we are and what we do. This is what it's about. It says in verse 19, For the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. See, this shows us that not simply knowing what needs to happen isn't enough. Simply having access isn't enough, and simply knowing isn't enough. 
We've got to allow the new creation to live within us. Galatians 3.3 says, How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? First week of January is the own human effort week of the year. We just throw out all the human effort we've got. We put out our budgeting apps, man. We crank all the numbers. We're going to save this much money. We're going to pay down this much debt. We're going to get this lean, this fit, this ripped. Man, we're going to be able to get it all done in 2019. We get all this human 2020. Thank you. Still t- I'm, gonna, I'm so glad I don't write checks anymore. <laughs> Praise God. I'd be writing 2019 until June. And so, but it's that place. That vain human effort, it doesn't get us anywhere. Ephesians 2 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you've been saved. God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not by work. So that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Over and over and over and over. The truth is God is the one who does it. Even the works that we do, we are his workmanship. He works on us to do the things he prepared for us to do. It's not even just us doing them. It's him preparing, him working in us on to doing those things. It is, it is him at work over and over again. The key to this new creation is that it has a new operating system, and that is simply love. The new operating system is love. If we let the love of God guide us on everything we do, it transforms everything. It absolutely transforms everything. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's faith expressing itself through love. The whole health kick thing, the whole health kick thing, wanting to look good in those jeans, that motivation only lasts so long until Dairy Queen comes out with a new flavor of Blizzard and it's shot. Man, I hadn't tried that one. And then it's over. Then it's over. Here's what really would change us. We begin to recognize that our bodies are... The temple of the Holy Spirit. That God's got a plan and a call in our lives. And if we are sabotaging our energy, our strength, our health by foolish health decisions, that's not guided by love. How am I supposed to live out the fullness of my life if ever if I am sabotaging God's plan by destroying my own health? In this machine that he gave me to live my life out in. So if I will let love for him and love for the people he's called me to love on, then guess what? That will begin to put enough boundaries 
on what I stick in my mouth and how I use my body to begin to let me live a healthy life. All that, just love, will do it. We want to re rework our finances? Oh my goodness, just let, let's let love work. Love says, you know what? I want to live lean enough that I have some money left over to be a blessing to somebody else. Love says, you know what? I'm not the only person that has needs. There are people who are unaware that there's a God out there. Man, I'd love to be able to step up and do something in a time of need. I'm going to have to have a little margin. I'm going to have to have a little excess. I'm going to have to have a little extra. So I'm going to be able to say no on this and not buy that and pair this back and, and, and cut, that, cut that off and be able to live a little leaner. I'm going to be able to live a le little leaner and, and have some margin in my life for, for reasons knowing that, you know what, one day I'm going to be able to, to retire and be able to, to live a different kind of life, be able to volunteer for some place that, that I'm passionate about, be able to make a difference, to be able to live full time on the mission field. Whatever it is, love begins to guide you in financial decisions that make a bigger difference than just crunching numbers ever will. Love changes the way we interact. John 13, verse 34, says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And 1 Timothy 1 says, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And some have wandered away from these and have turned to meaningless talk. You know, there's a place where I think that if we would just live this, this passage out, um, we could transform our community. I think a lot of people have turned away from this kind of thing, church, um, because they have found that a lot of times we have resorted back to meaningless talk instead of love and life, because that's what makes the difference. And then in Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 1.3, he says, we continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, our bottom line today is, is living <clears throat> as a new creation creates new living. We want a new kind of living. But the way we do that is by living as a new creation. If we'll do that, the rest takes care of itself. So this morning, as we're kind of wrapping up, <clears throat> I want you to, to recognize that truth, that this is about the new creation fully being revealed in us. Let's let God do his work. That is what this is about. It, it begins with that moment of saying yes to him, and then we just say yes to him every day. Every beautiful day, every rough day, every day, we say yes to him. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.